This is the Bristol Cable. Hidden Corner was a well-loved and inclusive cafe and bookshop in St Paul's, popular among the local community. So when its owners were turfed out, its doors bolted shut with heavy chains by the building's landlord, millionaire businessman Thomas Flight. Now notorious for the dodgy ways he dealt with his tenants, there was an uproar. But what happened in the days before the eviction of Aaron Anora and Sophia Khan, the couple who ran the cafe, and the extent of the illegal business practices their landlord deployed, this remained a mystery, confined largely to rumours. Those directly involved remained tight-lipped. It's taken two years and two criminal trials for the truth to come out. Two years of working to expose a man who took advantage of often young, first-time renters. A man who hid behind fake names and addresses to deceive them, and who bullied and threatened them into paying unreasonable and sometimes illegal fees and fines. A week before Aaron and Sophia were locked out of their cafe, punches were thrown, noses were broken, and their landlord was knocked unconscious, his forehead pouring with blood. The landlord told police that he and his husband had been the victims of a savage and unprovoked attack at the hands of Aaron and his dad, who faced trial for assault in October. But considering Flight's reputation for deception, would you believe him? I'm Sean Morrison, a journalist for the Bristol Cable, and this is the full bloody story behind the closure of Hidden Corner Cafe and the dodgy dealings of the man who shut it down. The story begins a couple of months earlier, on a hot summer's day in July 2021, as a boozy, noisy hen party is in full swing on the roof of the penthouse suite above the cafe. Flight had begun renting out some of his eight apartments in the building on Airbnb. They form just a small part of his large property portfolio that includes a castle and manor house in Froome and the misconduct yacht in Bristol Harbour. The noisy group, who could be heard singing Is This The Way To Amarillo from Streets Away, sparked complaints from cafe customers below and neighbours in the streets surrounding Portland Square. Aaron, who was working in the cafe that day, forwarded the complaints to the landlord, although he didn't know his real name at the time. Lots of people were coming from streets away, coming into the cafe saying, what's going on, Aaron said. I emailed the property management company and said there was a very loud party upstairs to let them know that people were leaving the cafe as a result of the noise. He didn't get a response to the email, but a couple of days later he received a phone call from Flight on an unknown number. But Flight didn't want to talk about the party. Instead, he began complaining that Aaron didn't want to give discounts to his Airbnb guests and, without giving a reason, made accusations that he was in breach of his lease. We don't want to become enemies, Aaron says his landlord told him. It was this refusal to offer Flight's Airbnb guests a discount and claims of a breach of lease that was the catalyst for the dysfunctional relationship between landlord and tenant, said Judge Cullum, who presided over the assault trial and an earlier case involving Flight's dodgy landlord practices. Asked in court under cross-examination how Aaron and Sophia were in breach of the lease, Flight said the cafe owners had been holding mezze evenings and serving alcohol out of agreed operating hours, 
although Aaron said Flight never made clear that this was forbidden. Flight said Aaron was simply against the idea of having Airbnbs in the local area and did not understand that offering them discounts could benefit him as a business owner. When Flight called him, Aaron was in Leeds working on the set of Emmerdale. At the time, he was playing the role of Ellis Chapman in the television soap. I got a call over the tannoy, he said, and I told Flight that I have to go back to work, but said let's continue the conversation. When I finished work, I had an email saying the lease had been terminated. The next day, when Aaron was back in Bristol, he went to a local shop to get some milk for the cafe. Flight, Aaron said, came in after him. I asked him about the email and said this seems very extreme to be terminating our lease. I asked why he made that threat and he got pretty agitated. Aaron said he remained calm in that situation, but that later he received an email from Flight's management company. It read, After your conduct in the shop, I have no other choice but to put you on a monthly rolling contract with a new lease. And this is where things start to get messy. Fast forward two months to the morning of the 26th of September 2021. Aaron arrived at the cafe to find that the electricity meter had run out overnight, causing their freezer to start leaking. There was a pool of water on the floor that he began mopping up. The way the building's meter system was set up meant that he and Sophia had to purchase cards to top up the cafe's electricity. But these cards could only be purchased from an office in the building one day a week, on Wednesdays between 9am and 5pm. They were forced to pay a surcharge if they needed to buy cards out of this time. It was never clear to Aaron and Sophia how long the cards would last, and impossible to know when they would run out of credit. Flight came into the cafe that day talking about this leak into the basement flat, Aaron told the jury, explaining the tenants downstairs had already told him there had been no damage. I said the meter card had run out overnight and Flight said, you just top it up, you fucking idiot. He said he explained to Flight that the cards had been available, but that the electricity running out was unavoidable, because it happened in the night, when Aaron and Sophia weren't around to insert a new card into the meter. Aaron said that Flight showed him damage to a mattress that he had just removed from the basement flat and put in his van. He said the landlord began demanding that he paid for the damages, despite it being clear that the damage wasn't caused from the leak. The mattress was worn out and the stains, he said, were old. What followed was a dispute in the street. Aaron said he told Flight that he wouldn't pay for the damage he did not cause and that the landlord told him in a threatening and aggressive tone. If you're not careful, I'll get the boys round. Flight, giving evidence in court, denied this. He said he didn't threaten Aaron, and that by offering to get the boys round, he meant that he would get his maintenance employees to resolve issues at the premises. He said his words had been twisted to make him sound like a mafia don. But Emma Love, a woman who lived across the street and heard the exchange, corroborated Aaron's version of events. She told the court that Flight appeared aggressive, that she sensed a landlord-tenant power dynamic, and that Flight's words, get the boys round, sounded threatening. Josh Bolker, who used to run a cafe in the building before Hidden Corner opened, 
also took to the stand as a witness for the defence. After explaining that the reason he closed his business was due to the difficulty he had with flight, he said he'd been charged for the water damage to the basement flat that Flight had been trying to get Aaron to pay for. Sean Sullivan, defence barrister acting for Aaron, accused Flight of trying to diddle the couple out of cash, like he had done to his residential tenants in the building, many of whom were young students, charging them unreasonable and sometimes illegal fees and charges. Details of this were exposed when Flight was sentenced for various trading standards offences in January, but we'll get to that later. I'm a millionaire who made my money 15-odd years ago through one of the largest video and production companies in the UK, Flight said from the witness stand, where he also boasted that he owned not just one, but two Rolls-Royce cars. Why would I bother chasing after a couple of hundred quid here and there? But did all them you did, Sullivan interjected before explaining to the jury how Flight set up a complex business structure to hide his identity from his tenants and from the authorities who investigated him over his illegal, misleading practices. But why was he so keen to hide? Flight relied on a veil of secrecy that made it extremely difficult, if not impossible, for his tenants to make complaints dispute unfair charges or seek help with their unreturned deposits. But in January 2023, Flight's web of deceit unravelled in court as he pleaded guilty to several charges of trading standards offences and agreed to pay a total of more than £30,000 in fines and costs to Bristol Council. His tenants were often young students, renting for the first time. Inexperienced, they were forced into exchanges over emails with anonymous, unhelpful and, at times, aggressive agents who stalled or shut down their inquiries. When Flight's tenants asked for the return of their deposits, the agents gave out false information to make the process practically impossible. On one occasion, the agent's failure to disclose Flight's identity meant a tenant was unable to claim housing benefits. Last year, a protest was held in front of Flight's yacht, The Misconduct. Demonstrators denounced his behaviour, with one speaker listing a raft of allegations surrounding the eviction of Hidden Corners owners and other claims about Flight's practices as a landlord. These claims weren't covered in the media at the time due to reporting restrictions while a criminal case was open against Flight. But the cable had been gathering evidence from a number of his previous tenants. Our investigation found that in addition to the four examples brought forward in court by Bristol Council, Flight employed the same tactics against several other people who had lived in his Portland Square apartments. In June 2019, Rebecca and her then-boyfriend Declan moved into an apartment in 21 Portland Square, one of the eight in the building owned by Flight. Seven of the flats are now luxury Airbnbs, that are let at up to £580 a night. Rebecca and Declan signed a tenancy agreement that did not contain the name of the landlord. While they remained tenants, despite their efforts, they would never discover his name or correct address. The couple were told that their £910 deposit would be protected in a government deposit protection scheme. It was paid into the bank account of Presman Limited, a business controlled by flight. By May the following year, the couple had separated and Rebecca was staying in the flat, paying rent on her own. It was during the first coronavirus lockdown 
and she needed to apply for housing benefit. Rebecca needed to know the name of her landlord when applying for this benefit from Bristol Council. But when she asked the agent, a man named Simon Hooper, of the company Portman, she was misled. Hooper told her the landlord was Student Let's Bristol, but he gave no further information. The information provided wasn't enough, and as a result, Rebecca was forced to end the tenancy and look for somewhere else to live. Rebecca received an email from Portman in July 2020, after she'd left the flat, which informed her of a £230 checkout and cleaning fee that she would need to pay for herself and her ex-boyfriend. This was not referenced in their tenancy agreement. She sought the return of her security deposit, but was told by Portman that for this she needed to deal directly with the landlord. The agent provided her with an address for Student Let's Bristol in Swindon, but the address had no connection with her flat or any business by the same name. Rebecca later discovered that the tenancy deposit she'd supplied was not protected in any of the free government-approved protection schemes available at the time. This pattern was identical for Thomas and Matthias, whose case, like Rebecca's, was brought forward in court by Bristol City Council. As international students, they were required to pay rent, deposits and fees up front when they moved into one of Flight's flats in May 2019. They paid a total of £1,656 into the account held by Cresley Management Limited, another business controlled by Flight. Prosecutors said that during the students' tenancy, they were required to pay fees that were not outlined to them at the beginning of their tenancy and needed to buy electricity cards for the flat when they had been led to believe rent and bills were included. After moving out in May 2020, they chased the return of their security deposit and were told by an agent, this time someone purporting to work for an organisation called PRM, that they would need to deal with the landlord directly. Despite asking for their landlord's details, Prosecutors said that Thomas and Matthias never received them. Investigative journalism that strengthens democracy is a necessity, not a luxury. As a co-op, democracy is built into everything we do. Becoming a member of The Cable means that you get to have a say in your local news, owning and guiding our work. Find out more about what makes our journalism different and join The Cable. Visit thebristolcable.org today. Sarah rented one of Flight's properties between 2016 and 2017. She said that throughout her tenancy she received threatening and abusive emails from an agent operating under the name of Bristol and West Properties. In one email thread seen by the cable, she was called a very unstable and dangerous little girl with mental health issues. She was also branded pathetic and sad. When Sarah inquired about her unusually high gas and electricity bills, the agent asked if she had been taking medication that may have a side effect of paranoia. In another, sent after Sarah's tenancy ended, an agent said it is to the relief of me, the managing agents and everyone else in the building that Sarah has gone. They added, and so has her deposit. 
Sarah's deposit was not returned to her when her tenancy came to an end in 2017, and she's still out of pocket. The deposit protection service told her the landlord did not agree to use the service. Flight's reputation for deception was outlined by the defence lawyer for Café owner Aaron at his trial in October. But if Flight was lying about the assault too, how did he end up slumped on the floor of the lobby in his building, blood pouring from his forehead? At about 5pm on the 28th of September 2021, a week before Aaron and Sophia were locked out of their café, Flight, his husband and their employee were moving things from a van into the basement flat in the building. Like the rest of their residential properties, they were converting it into a luxury Airbnb. Aaron was in the cafe with his mum Helen and his dad Ife Manora, Premier League football's head of diversity and equality, who was visiting the place for the first time. Ifem had been told that his son was having trouble with the landlord, specifically that he'd been threatening him with the termination of his lease. Ifem decided to try and speak to Flight to broker a solution to the issues, and he approached the landlord's husband on the street while he was unloading items from a van. The situation that unfolded next is what was disputed in court. Flight's husband, Harry Steely, said that Ifem approached him in the doorway of the building, while Flight and their employee were inside. He told the court, I wasn't happy for him to be inside. Ifem was quite athletic in build and came across as quite aggressive. He said that at some point, near the door inside the lobby, Ifem grabbed him by the throat and pushed him against the wall. He brought his face right up to mine and said, I'm Aaron's father and you need to lay off. The court heard how Flight, after being alerted by his employee, came rushing upstairs. Given evidence, Flight said that he saw Ifem had Steely pinned to the wall and that when he approached them, Ifem turned and began attacking him, punching him twice before grabbing hold of his arms. Ifem turned around and started laying into me, Flight told the court. After that, it was quite a scuffle, quite a haze. They were both striking me with their fists, he added, explaining that Aaron had arrived at this point and joined in the attack. It was unbelievable. They were like a pack of animals, he told the jury. It was absolutely savage. Flight suffered a deep wound to his forehead. It needed 17 stitches which he claimed happened as a result of Aaron or Ifem kicking or stamping on him. Steely suffered a broken nose, bruising to his neck and a black eye. The Honoras, according to police reports, suffered no visible injuries, although Ifem said he came out in bruises, but they didn't show at the time because of his darker skin. Asked by Crown Prosecutor Alan Williams if he lost consciousness during the assault, Flight told the jury that he did for a few seconds, but that it felt like ages, and he awoke seeing stars. He said that when he came around, both Aaron and Ifem had left the property, and that his employee had called the police. After hearing this version of the story, Sean Sullivan, defence barrister acting for Aaron, described Flight, his husband and their employee as a trio of prosecution witnesses who promised to tell the truth under oath but lied. He told the jury that Flight treated them like he had his tenants by lying and trying to deceive them. Aaron, 
and then later Ifham, told the jury their version of events, which amounted to a wildly different story, and one that showed Flight and his husband to be the aggressors who simply came off worse when Aaron and Ifham were forced to defend themselves. Flight started charging towards me with his head down, and then his fist came flailing, Ifham told the jury. He tried to strike me. It was a bit wild, a bit surreal, because I've gone from what I thought would be a reasonable conversation to fists flying at me. Some caught me. He said Steely then got hold of his arms to restrain him as Flight continued to throw punches. As he tried to wriggle free, Ifham said, his arms or elbow connected with something and that he lost balance and began stumbling backwards. There were punches being exchanged, he said. Flight was kind of on top of me and Aaron goes to grab him and throw him off me. I have a pain in my knee that is kicking in and I'm half stumbling to my feet. Separately, Aaron told the court how he came into the lobby from the cafe after hearing banging. He said he arrived in the lobby to find Flight attacking his dad and that he pulled the landlord off of him. Ifham told the court, I think it's hard to try and think about it. I've got three guys who I don't know attacking me, two more than the other. I don't know if they've got a weapon or anything. A little bit of fear kicked in. I started to realise this is a kind of survival situation. I started lashing out, flailing arms. I definitely caught one or two of them. Then Helen, Aaron's mum, came in and told everyone to stop, which had the desired effect. The injury to Flight's forehead, the most serious suffered in the incident, which became the focus point of the evidence in the case, was not caused by Aaron or Ifham, they both told the court. Instead, the wound was caused when the landlord fell, hitting his head on a fire extinguisher in the lobby. Ifham said how he could smell alcohol during the encounter, suggesting that this might have been the reason for Flight's fall. According to two expert witnesses who gave evidence at the trial, one a consultant in emergency medicine, the other a consultant forensic physician, Flight's injury was consistent with a fall or push against the fire extinguisher. There was no bruising or swelling, so this is more likely to be a result of a fall into an object with a sharp edge, rather than a punch or kick to the forehead. Defence barrister Sullivan said that if Aaron or Ifham had caused the landlord's wound by kicking or stamping on him, then there would have been blood on their shoes or clothing. The police didn't seize any items of clothing when they attended the scene and arrested the Honoras, he told the jury, because there was no such evidence. He said the jury ultimately had to decide whose accounts were more credible, a landlord known to deceive his tenants, or two men known to be upstanding members of the community, with no previous convictions and glowing character references. After about three hours of deliberation, the jury returned a verdict of not guilty to all three assault charges brought against Aaron and Ifham, the most serious of which, assault by unlawful wounding, would have carried a maximum sentence of five years in prison. The two of them wept in the dock as the unanimous decision was handed down. Flight and Steely weren't present in court, which was full of Aaron and Ifham's family and friends, many of whom had sat through the entire week of proceedings. While this brought an end to the two-year nightmare for the father and son, this is not the end of the story. 
a battle over the legality of Aaron and Sophia's eviction, after which the couple lost not just their business, but the £25,000 they spent on equipment and refurbishment is still to take place in the civil courts. Meanwhile, despite his convictions, Flight remains in the property business as an Airbnb landlord. He still owes deposits to some of his tenants, and allegations of a similar pattern of behaviour, withholding cash, hiding behind fake names, have been made by guests of his mansion in Somerset. This was the full bloody story behind the closure of Hidden Corner Cafe. If you enjoyed it, subscribe to the Bristol Cable wherever you get your podcasts for a variety of weekly episodes. Thanks for listening.